Hello and welcome to Connect Points podcast and sermon archives. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please go online to our website at connectpointupc.com or follow us on our Facebook page. Thank you very much and I hope you enjoy this week's message. God bless. for us uh, for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? What shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences, earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. Many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Amen. Now, I read all that, and I'll, I'll quickly, I'll, I'll use a little bit here and there. But I want to focus on what Jesus starts with. And I want to talk about today, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. All right, why don't you turn to someone, tell them you love them, give them an air five. Amen, church. I, I, I need to let you know that we cannot be asleep or distracted in the hour that we live in today. If you're not feeling the nearing of the end, you need to wake up. Amen. I'm just, that's as blunt as I can be today. If you're not feeling the pressure, if you're not feeling the awareness of the end coming upon us, you need to wake up to the realities of our situation. Deception has infested our society. We are overrun with it. If you're not seeing it, it might be because you're looking at the wrong things. I, I put a picture, I'm sorry, I put a picture in there Amen, of, uh, of a, a famous Saturday evening post picture entitled Tipping the Scale. And uh, I'm going to give them a second because I'm pretty sure I did not mention that to them that that picture is there. But this is, uh, if you ever heard of the Saturday evening post, there's a famous, uh, uh, Norman Rockwell was known as the one who did a lot of the uh, covers for that famous artist. But he's not the only one. This one is not actually a Norman Rockwell. But when you see the picture that was 
on the post. It's a very interesting thing because it displays uh, a significant thing. So here it is, and, and it's called, uh, uh, this picture is, is uh, called tipping the scale. Both of them seem like good, honest people, right? Both have their heads lifted up and their eyes focused on the scale as if they're going to take the scale's word for what it really is. And both have a smile on their face. Yet both are actively trying to deceive one another, aren't they? The man selling the chicken is pressing down ever so slightly on the scale. The woman buying the chicken is pressing up on the scale And I'll remind you that this is a newspaper from 1936. So maybe things haven't changed a whole lot. It's interesting to me the power, thank you gentlemen, the power uh, of deception and its activity in our daily lives and how often we are faced with deception. Of course, deception is not new. I know I've mentioned this recently. I'm going to mention it again. We see it in the beginning when Satan the deceiver introduces Eve to doubt by asking a question. In Genesis chapter 3, 1 through 8, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. He said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. There's a question. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, you shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together, made themselves aprons, and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And look now, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. This is always the result of deception. This is the goal of Satan every single time. Nobody, I need you to hear this preacher today, nobody can keep you from the presence of God. Oh, hallelujah. Nobody, though there ain't no devil in hell, Satan himself cannot drag you away from God if you're hungry, if you're seeking, if you're searching, if you lift up your voice and cry out to Jesus. There is no power, amen, in all of hell or on earth that can keep you from the presence of the all. I just got to tell somebody right now, if you came here on purpose today, you've already felt the presence of God. I don't care how tough your week has been. I don't care how devastating a month you had if you walked into the house of God today and said I've come to worship the Lord Jesus Christ then like you and many of us we've already felt the presence of the Lord in this place nobody can keep you from the presence of God that's why deception exists it exists so that you will hide yourself It exists so that you will separate yourself. Adam and his wife 
hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. Amen. Nothing can keep you from God's presence, but you can be deceived into hiding yourself from God's presence. This should put into perspective just how important God's presence is, by the way. It should put into perspective, hallelujah, that one of the ways that we keep from being deceived is being in the presence of God. Oh, hallelujah. I'm going to say it again. I felt, (laughs) is everybody with me today? Are we all together today? Amen. One of the ways you keep and I keep from being deceived is by being in the presence of God. Is it any wonder Satan wants to keep you from prayer and worship in your home? Is it any wonder, amen, Satan works so hard to keep you so busy that you can't involve yourself in the things of God? Is it any wonder that Satan gives you routine excuses to justify not showing up to the house of God he can't pull you away but he can deceive you into hiding yourself away but I've come to tell somebody that one of the number one ways that we keep ourselves from deception is by staying right in the middle of the presence of the almighty God lies can't come into his truth darkness can't penetrate into his light and I can keep myself from deception by being close to Jesus Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Everything. Amen. There are so many forces at work today. Amen. That are trying to keep people from the presence of God. Everything. So much of our culture is distinctly designed to keep you from the presence of God. Every time you think, maybe I should spend some time in prayer, there's something else that pops up on the forefront of your mind that tells you you should be taken care of of this. You should be worrying about that. You need to go work more on this. You need to worry about that. Every time you get your Bible out on your lap and sit on your couch and you try to read the word, there's something else dinging on your phone, buzzing, telling you you need to look at this and you need to check this out. There's always going to be a distraction. There's always going to be a force and it's ramped. It's, I need you to hear this preacher today. It's ramped. It's self up in 2020 everybody's trying to find a way to keep you from the things of God keep you from the house of God but I'm telling somebody right now under the anointing of the Holy Ghost you cannot be deceived in this hour and the best way to not be deceived is to stay in the presence of the Lord oh hallelujah amen Our entertainment is out of control. It's out of control. It's just this. It's deception. It's deception. You say, well, that thing I'm doing. You understand, the Bible says he's the most subtle. The most subtle. That's how it refers. Everything on its face is not going to be clearly wrong. 
It's, it doesn't even have to be. It doesn't even have to be sinful to be deception. Doesn't have to be. The thing doesn't have to be sinful, but it's the work behind it. Oh, hallelujah. Like my mind keeps wanting to give you specifics, but then God's like, don't give them specifics. Let them just think whatever they're thinking right now. (laughs) Whatever you're thinking, that's the issue. You hear what I'm saying? Hallelujah. And so we have to have the right perspective on the power of the presence of God because the enemy can't pull us away, but we can run and hide. And deception is everywhere by design, and it plays into the lie. This deception that exists, the reason why there's so much deception, this, this, this conversation has probably happened in your life recently where somebody came to you and said, did you know that this, they did this? And did you, I looked into it. And if you look into it, it actually, that's not even right. That's a, that's a lie. But then somebody else spoke up, didn't they? Somebody else spoke up and said, well, yeah, if, but, but did you look at this? Because if you look at this, you'll see that they're the ones that are actually lying. No, they're the ones that are lying. No, they're the ones that are lying. You know why there's such an overrun of deception? Because if you can create a culture that believes everyone's lying, then nobody's going to believe in absolute truth. If you can create a culture where everyone believes at their heart that everyone else is lying, then there is no reason for anyone to believe that there is an absolute truth. And you know as well as I've been, this has been pushed into our culture for a long time now. It's infiltrated our education system for years. And we got young people that have grown up believing that there is no absolute truth and that everything can be dismissed as a lie. If it doesn't match your personal belief system, it's a lie. If it's not the narrative that you want to agree with it's a lie if it's not the majority opinion or it doesn't make you happy it's a lie and I'm just going to say it so that we're clear as to what my point is because I don't want anybody running off on me here for a second Democrats Republicans independents uh, all have deceivers uh, among them doctors lawyers bankers and farmers uh, all have uh, deceivers uh, that exist among them scholars professors teachers and students uh, all have deceivers uh, that exist among them theologians pastors preachers and teachers uh, all have deceivers uh, that exist among them but that does not stop there from being an absolute truth John 14 6 Jesus said unto him I am the way the truth uh, and the life and no man cometh unto the father but by me John 17 sanctify them through thy truth thy word is truth Oh, hallelujah. I need somebody to hear this preacher this morning. They're trying to get you to believe that everybody's lying and everybody may be lying. But the word of God is forever settled in heaven and it is not a lie. It is truth. Oh, if you believe that, clap your hands and make a joyful noise unto the Lord. There are so many groups that exist today that on their surface seem righteous. And people say, well, who could be against that? And who could, why would anybody not agree with that? And why can't you get on board with that? But if you dig a little deeper, you find that there's, there's darkness behind. There's evil at its root. And, but I need to tell somebody that just because that's true, 
Just because that's a reality of our society. Just because everybody's all over the place pushing everything that they got. Amen. Truth is not gone. Just because people have given up on it. The word of God is true. And you have got to hold on to that. You have got to hold on to that. Amen. We understand that everything that can be shaken will be shaken. But there is something that will not be shaken. And that is which is built upon the stone. That which is built upon the rock. That is Christ Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. And I don't know if you can feel it. But pastor can feel it. Everything's shaken. Do you feel it? Everything is shaken. Everything around us is shaken. Everything is trembling. Everything is moving. But when I get in the presence of God and I get in the word of God the shaking ceases to exist anymore and I find my footing once again and I stand tall once again everywhere else it's hard for me to stand but when I get in the book I can stand oh hallelujah the disciples asked what shall these when shall these things be and what shall be the sign of thy coming and what shall be the sign of the end of the world and and Jesus responds first everybody say first he responds first with he answered and said unto them Matthew 24 and 4 take heed that no man deceive you take heed that no man deceive you I need you to understand there's a connection between deception and humanity. But that connection does not apply to this. The word of God is yea and amen. The word of God will never deceive you. You need to take heed, though, that no man deceive you. We got to know the book. Oh, hallelujah. He responds first. He goes on to give them much more. There's verses about the destruction of Jerusalem. There's verses about, amen, we know the Roman takeover, which is devastating, with the persecution of the people and persecution that people will have to endure. He talks about threats against the church. And he speaks about a lot of things. And then he, but before he says any of this, he says, don't let any man deceive you. There are verses about wars and famines, and Jesus compares them to birth pains, doesn't he? Matthew 24 and 8, all these things are the beginning of sorrows. The beginning of sorrows. That in the Greek is, is, is illustrative. It's labor pains. It's labor pains. And that's very interesting. We need to remember when we talk about this verse that Jesus is making a point. When we talk about the beginning of sorrows, we need to, we need to think why would he use that illustrative terminology? Why would he talk about the, the pain of birth? Because he could have chosen any illustrative terminology to describe the pain. He could have talked about the pain of death. In fact, if you just look at the context of it, it would seem more uh, readily uh, right for him to use an illustrator of the pains of death because it seems like he's talking about death and destruction. It seems like he's talking about uh, a hopelessness and everything's going to fall apart and everything's going to come crashing down in. So why doesn't he use, amen, the pain of death? But no, he chooses to use, uh, amen, the pain of birth, uh, which means uh, that in all of this, uh, something glorious is going to come out of it. 
Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I got some mamas in here nodding their head. They're like, yeah, we understand what you're talking about. Amen. I don't understand what I'm talking about as much as I was in the room when my wife was understanding what I'm talking about. Amen. But I'm gonna, all I own is this. It's exhausting. It's exhausting watching someone give birth. I can't hardly understand what it would be like to give birth. Amen. It takes its toll on the mind and the body. It is a, it is a, 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 a huge ordeal physically, emotionally, spiritually that happens to a woman when she is giving birth but there's something miraculous involved in birth because when that child comes forth from the womb amen, it's like all that other stuff disappears, like it never even happened, like it doesn't even nobody even cares anymore and Jesus is making a point here, he says I know there's going to be wars and rumors of wars and I know there's going to be destruction and I know people are going to turn on each other but I need you to understand something, it's going to be like the pains of labor. It's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. It's going to be devastating. It's going to be exhausting. But something miraculous is going to come out of it. Something beautiful is going to come out of it. Something powerful. We know that he speaks of believers turning on each other. We know he speaks of offense and betrayal and hatred. He talks about all of this. But still he says, he says, even after he says the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world. In the midst of all of that, he says, I want to remind you of something. That while all that's going on, the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world. And if the gospel, hallelujah, come on apostolics, if the gospel is being preached, then that means faith, amen, is still alive and being birthed in people and all that comes with it. That means darkness is still being turned into light and sin is still being overcome by salvation and hopelessness, hallelujah, is being outnumbered by hope and hate is being turned into love and liars are becoming truth tellers and broken people are being made whole as long as the gospel is still being preached there's still going to be deliverance there's still going to be hope there's still going to be salvation this is all going to happen it's all going to take place it all came from the mouth of Jesus but I want you to not forget that he started with Don't be deceived. He talks about finishing the race in Matthew 24 and 13. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And I just need the church, we need to hear that today. We need to remember that it's not just about how we started, but it's also about how we finish. Don't be deceived. Time spent in church doesn't count if we give up our faith in the end. doesn't count. There's not some sort of an hour keeper in heaven. Just if you get to so many hours sitting on a church pew, what well, you reached your total. You're good to go. It's not how it works. He that endureth to the end. He that endureth to the end shall be saved. 
And if you're new to this, hear me clearly today. Everything up to this point is over. Today is a new day. You can start with God today. And nobody is going to ask your credentials at heaven's gates. Only those who endure to the end are even going to get the chance to enter at all anyway. So get started with your eyes open today. I'm talking to somebody who may be brand new at this whole thing. Amen. Nobody's keeping record. Amen. The moment you repent of your sins, God's going to forgive you anyway. The moment you go baptize in Jesus' name for the remission of your sins, you're going to be a new creature like none of that stuff ever even happened in the first place. You're not going to get to the pearly gates. Amen. And see if your credentials are in order because you got the right name or the right pedigree or went to the right church and had the right time of prayer. No, no, no. He that endured to the end shall be saved. If you get to them gates, you're going through. You hear what I'm saying? If you make it there, you're going to get in. But you got to endure to the end. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Get started today with your eyes open because deception is everywhere. So you got to get started with God and you got to get started according to this word. You got to get started according to this word. Take heed that no man deceive you. Jesus goes on to say some more things, but he's clear at the beginning. He's making a point, I believe, that's trying to get us to understand what we really need to be focusing on. Don't, don't waste your time speculating about what might happen, how it might play out. You've got to focus on not being deceived. The word deceive in the Greek means to lead you astray, to seduce you, to cause you to wander out of the way. Deceived begins with distracted. You've heard me say this a lot lately. I'm going to keep saying it. Deceived begins with distracted. To cause you... How, how were you deceived? Well, something caused you to wander out of the way. Something led you. Come over here. Look at this. Let's see what's going on over here. Let's get on. Let's see what this website has to offer. Let's see what this person has to say. Let's see what they think. Deceived. Begins with distracted. Titus reminds us that we dealt with deception in the past and that Satan will try it again. Titus 3 and 3. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. We were sometimes that. But what happened? Titus 3, 4, and 7. But after that the kingdom after that, the kindness and love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he set on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. It is his mercy that brought us out. 
It is his mercy that brings us out and he cleanses us and he makes us new by filling us, he says, with his spirit and his grace makes us heirs to heaven though we did not earn it and we don't deserve it. His mercy brought us out and he cleansed us and he filled us with the spirit and his grace makes us heirs. But we cannot act, hear me today, we cannot act as if we've already obtained heaven. We do not rest and we cannot let our focus drift on the deceptions that are around us and so he says in the very next verse but avoid foolish questions and genealogies and contentions and strivings about the law for they are unprofitable and vain He reminds us of who we were and he reminds us of how we got changed. He reminds us that mercy found us where we were. Mercy found us where we were and pulled us out of that pit and then he washed us and cleansed us and then he empowered us by filling with the spirit and his grace exists in our lives on a daily basis. Thanks be to God that I might be an heir. Amen. Unto heaven. He reminds us of all those things and he's trying to get us to focus on that because that is what is important and so he follows it up by saying but you got to stay away from foolish questions and genealogies and you got to stay away from contentions and stay away from striving with people about the law for this is unprofitable and it's vain there is foolishness trying to suck you in do you hear what I'm saying I said there is foolishness trying to suck you in and there are people who seek only to be contentious and all they want to do is strive with you and that is unprofitable and vain according to the word and you know why it's unprofitable and vain because it changes your focus and Jesus is saying it even louder take heed that no man deceive you in fact this is a triple warning Matthew 24 says it, Mark 13 says it, Luke 21 says it. Each of them declare this. Amen. This declaration of Christ, they declare it with their pen. And Jesus says, take heed, take heed in the Greek. Behold, beware, look, see. Take heed. Because there are, there are deceptions that are dancing for our attention. And so he says, take heed, behold, beware, look, see. There are things that are being presented to us that are deception. And there's a thousand, but let me just say, for instance, let me remind us that sin will not go unpunished. I don't care what the modern American church is trying to say. Sin will not go unpunished. I, I don't understand it. I, 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 know what their, I know what their motivations are, but in my opinion, they're doing it all backwards. 
because the number of people sitting on the pews on a Sunday morning in America is dwindling in most denominations and in a lot of churches. The number of people in a church is dwindling and they've decided that the way to counteract that is to give them less church and to give them less God and to give them less preaching and give them less teaching and give them less of the word. And I'm just gonna trying to figure out how long this little, amen, science experiment is going to have to last before they come to the realization that people understand that they have problems. People know that they have issues. We are all aware of the sins that we got going on in our life. Amen. We don't need less. We need more of God. We need more of the word. We need more preaching and teaching. We need more understanding. We need more time in the presence of the almighty God. I've never met an honest person in my life that would look me in the eye and say that their life is wonderful and great and they have no issues and no problems. And then when they lay down at night, everything's just wonderful all the time. Now, I believe in the abundant life that Jesus promised us, and I believe that a person that can be right with God and live in the presence of God can have peace that passes understanding and joy unspeakable and full of glory. And you can spend a lot of nights get nice rest but you hear what I'm saying I don't know why the American church has started trying to tell people everything's okay when the American people know everything's not sin will not go unpunished 1 Corinthians 6, 9 and 10, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And if you think that's an exhaustive list, you're not understanding the context of what he's trying to say and what the point he's trying to make. But that's God's word, and that is absolute truth. The unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Sin will not go unpunished. But thankfully, we have more truth that follows that truth. 1 Corinthians 6, 11, And such were some of you, but ye are washed, ye are sanctified, ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. I got a question for somebody today. Isn't it time that you were something? I read that this week and I thought, you know what? You have been some things for far too long. You are some things right now that you don't want to be. Amen. Are you ready to be were something? Such were some of you. Such were. Is anybody ready to be worse something? Amen. To be made new. Oh, no, no. Is anybody ready to be able to look somebody in the face and say, no, that's who I used to be? You're thinking about my old man. You're talking about the way I used to live my life. I'm not that man anymore. I don't do those things anymore. I don't feel that way anymore. Why? I'll tell you why. Because I was washed and then I was sanctified and then I was justified in the name of Jesus and I was filled with the spirit of the almighty God so there's a lot of things that I used to be I were but I'm not that anymore I've been made new by the power of God oh I wish you'd clap your hands under the Lord 
Come on, somebody make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Be not deceived. Be not deceived. No matter what distraction they dance in front of you, no matter what new idea they come up with, new doctrine, whatever the ideology, whatever their new way is, if it doesn't align with this book, take heed that no man deceive you. Let me end with this. 1 Corinthians 3, 18 and 19. Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seemeth to be wise in this world, let him become as a fool, that he may be wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. So, some of the things that are being presented to us, some of the things that may be shoved down our throats as wisdom of the world might just be foolishness with God. And that really shouldn't surprise us a whole lot because that's how it's always been. Wisdom of the world is, is foolishness with God. For it is written, he taketh the wise in their own craftiness. He taketh them in their own craftiness. They're being so crafty, so manipulative, so underhanded. One's pushing down on the scale. The other's pushing up on the scale. And they're doing it with a smile. The scale is truth. Right? Scale doesn't have an agenda. Scale isn't trying to help the seller or hurt the buyer. It just weighs whatever you put on it. Except your bathroom scale. Your bathroom scale is a dirty, rotten liar. <laughs> but it's not the scale. It's the, it's the, right? The craftiness. I love, it's, I love that it's an old lady with the hat and everything. She's just all prim and proper looking up at the scale as if this is what we're going to rely on. And the honest-looking butcher, you know. A smile on their face. But the Bible says, for the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God, for it is written, he taketh them, the wise, the wise in the world, he taketh them in their own craftiness. It's all going to come back on them. You can't operate that way without hurting yourself. 
But don't deceive yourself. Let no man deceive himself when he thinketh that he is wise. But it's not the wisdom of God. It's the wisdom of man. He says, don't deceive yourself. Don't think you got this all by yourself. I'm going to tell somebody else right now, you need to quit thinking that you're even in this alone ever. That's a lie. You're not in anything alone. We're all in this together. Oh, hallelujah. But you need to keep in mind that when you start thinking that you're going to figure this out, solve this, take care of it all by yourself, he says, let no man deceive himself. So there's a deception that comes from without, but there's also a deception that can come from within. There's forces at play all around us that are trying to manipulate and deceive us, but there's also forces at play that are trying to get inside of us that we will deceive ourselves. We cannot do this by ourselves. Man has never been able to do this by themselves. It's never worked that way. We always need God. We always need the word. We always need truth. We always need a rock that we can stand on. We always need something to hold us up. We always have I'm always going to need the grace and mercy of God. I'm always going to need the empowerment of the Holy Ghost. I'm, a, I'm not getting past that. I'm not outgrowing that. I'm not more mature than that. That's exactly what I'm always going to need. I don't want to deceive myself. So We need godly wisdom so badly. Hear me now. Hear me. We need godly wisdom so badly. That God made it as easy as it can be. James 1 and 5, I've said this a thousand times. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. You don't have to be a degree theologian. You don't have to have lived for God your whole life. You don't even have to be right with God at the moment. You just have to have enough faith to ask him for wisdom. He goes on and basically says, you have to ask in faith. That's, all you, that's the only thing you got to do is if you want this wisdom that he's giving liberally to anyone, you just have to ask in faith. You see, the reason why his wisdom is so easily available, it's because godly wisdom counteracts deception. He doesn't want you to be deceived. He says, take heed that you not be deceived. But then he doesn't just stand back and say, good luck with that. He says, I don't want you to be deceived. You need to take heed that you're not being deceived. You need to wake up. You need to look. You need to see that you're not being led, uh, led astray or wandering off. He says, and, and so you need wisdom. And if you'll ask me, I'll give you the wisdom you need to counteract the deception. Hey, Google. Hey, Siri. Alexa. Facebook. 
what does everybody think? I was, I was fishing with Tim Zolke the other night, and, and there was a guy somewhere in the, off into the darkness camping or something. I couldn't see him. I could just hear him having an argument with Alexa. Flat out argument. Now it's possible. I'm not, I don't know for sure. It's possible. He might have been under the influence of something. I'm not, not, I don't know that. I wasn't there. Just based off the conversations with the machine. <laughs> and we were, we were laughing. <laughs> I, I, well, I'm not going to tell the whole story, but he's arguing with Alexa. We've got all of these. It's really easy. Hey, Alexa, tell me this. Hey, Google, tell me that. Siri, what is this? What is that? Hey, Facebook, what do you guys think? I'll just figure this out real quick. Yeah, right. Take heed that you be not deceived. Take heed that you be not deceived. Let no man deceive you. Let no machine deceive you. Let no man-manipulated device deceive you. Man-manipulated program deceive you. I just, I just got a word in my spirit today. I just got to, he said, you just got to tell them to get ready. They better be ready. They better be awake. They better have their eyes and ears open. They better be in tune with me because this stuff is going down. He didn't say it's going down. That's my words. Amen. But that's how I, that's how I, that's how it came. This stuff is about to go down. And he says, you got to be ready. You got to be ready. And then it was, do not be deceived. Don't be deceived. It's everywhere. It's all around us. And you may feel like it's overwhelming, but it's really not that overwhelming if you're in the presence of God. I'm telling you, it's not as bad as you think. It's not as heavy as you think. It's not as done as you think. It's not as over as you think. You've just been existing out here in deception land. You gotta get back to the presence of God. You gotta get back to the word of God. You gotta get back to prayer. You gotta get back to worship. You gotta get back to church. You gotta get back to the presence of God. Stand with me if you would, please. Brother Ushers, help me out with this front row. So don't be deceived. So what do we got to do, Pastor? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Everybody look at me, please. Look at me, please. Don't be deceived. So ask wisdom of God. Ask him for wisdom. Ask him for wisdom. Let me say this. It's been a while since I've said this. Before you go to anybody else, you should be going to God. Let me ask you this question. The thing that's driving you crazy right now the thing that you're so frustrated about, whatever it may be, the thing that's just incredibly got you agitated all the time. Have you talked to God about it? 
Because talking to other people about it is not going to make you feel better. (laughs) I consider my marriage to be one of the great marriages of all time. I love my wife with every ounce in my body. But there are things happening in our society right now that when we start talking about it, we are not on the same side. And I can listen to her for 30 minutes and agree with every point that she makes. I agree with her totally 100%. And then I speak and she agrees with me totally 100%. And we're saying two totally different things. That's the, that's the issue we have going on right now in our society. And just, just relax. I, we're talking. We're not fighting. Although if it's been a long time since you've had a good healthy fight in your marriage, your spark must be gone or something. <laughs> Lord have mercy. I just, that just cost me five phone calls this week. That sentence right there will equate to five phone calls. But hear me. When's the last time you talked to God about it? I'm going to say it even a step further. Before you even talk to me about it, talk to God about it. I'll be more than happy to talk to you. You know I'm available. I'll talk to you, and I'll talk to you, and I'll talk with you, and I'll listen to you, and I'll let you talk and vent. Man, you can come in my office and scream your head off. That's fine if it makes you feel better. As long as you're not attacking me or attacking someone else, you want to just attack the stuff, you go ahead. Amen. But you listen. Before you do any of that, have you talked to God about it? Because he said you have to ask him for wisdom. And I'm telling you, the wisdom of God overrides the deceptions of this world. And you can be a whole lot more happy than you are and a whole lot more peace at peace than you are. But you got to talk to God about it. Don't be deceived. Ask God for wisdom. Lift your hands if you would, please, and close your eyes and just begin to talk to the Lord right now. Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Remember, if you would like to find out more information about our church or to contact us, please go online at connectpointupc.com. And also don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app so you will be automatically notified of new episodes. Thank you and we hope you have a great week.